Welcome back to The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. My name is Sonny Bunch. I am culture editor at The Bulwark, and I'm very pleased to be rejoined again by the the, the first guest ever on the show, one of my favorites. Uh, the uh, He runs The Ankler. He writes uh, all sorts of great stuff, podcasts. There's the whole the whole Ankler empire over there. We can talk about that in a minute and how you guys are growing and expanding still. Uh, but Richard Rushfield, thanks for being back on the show. I really appreciate it. Great to be back and great to for for another week. I can say I'm the first and last guest uh, on, on <laughs> your podcast. So, knock on wood. Maybe this will be yeah. this will be the end of this will be the end of it all. All right. Uh, nope. So we're we're gonna, we got a lot of things to talk about here. But the first thing I want to do uh, discuss with you is the series that you are working on right now. Uh, yeah. That is, it's coming out this week. The field guide to all the Hollywood types. Uh, first first three entries actors, writers, and agents. Uh, explain to the people what these are and, and what you are trying to do with them. So I'm, I'm taking a look. I'm going uh, day by day in the uh, first installment of a five-part series, um, looking at the different professions in, in Hollywood. And I, I was just struck by, by how, much, uh, how much they've changed and the job, the job has changed and um, what the... the being an actor is just a totally different world than it was even 20 years ago. Um, and, and certainly being a writer, end of the end of packaging, moving into TV, and they've been through a strike and all that. Um, but the types remain v almost exactly the same, and kind of the 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 basic fundamental fights are. Uh, I mean, you you the 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 fights that that the pseudos have with actors, you could. Take uh, uh, Louis B. Mayer's fights with Greta Garbo, and and almost be word for word the same uh, battles that they're having today. So uh, it is very interesting how how all the details change, and all the uh, and and everything gets more complicated. And uh, you need an MBA to understand it, but uh, it all it, it's all just the same neurotic people uh, thrown together trying to uh, trying to make a movie here or there. All right, so we got we got actors, uh, writers, and agents to start. What are what are the last two here? Uh, coming up, executives, and then reporters. I'm going to I'm going to give give some tips for dealing with us. We're we're the worst. Uh, the all right. Yeah. So let's let's talk let's talk uh, actors. What what do what do folks need to know about actors? Because I, I you know we we talk about how things have changed and how they've stayed the same, but it really does feel like an actor has so many different avenues of responsibility it's not just being in the movie and carrying the being on the poster and carrying the title and all that it's you know they got they have to be brand ambassadors they have to they have to have their own vodka line they've got to yeah. run an instagram page and uh you know there's so many different ways to connect with people now yeah and it's very hard to just say well i'm just gonna I'm just going to show up and remember my lines and and do the work and 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 that'll be that. You've you've really got to have an empire and you're supporting uh, in the in the course of that an empire worth of people and you have all sorts of cousins and God knows what on your payroll um, advising you uh, through all these things. So you 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 kind of need to have an empire to support the infrastructure of an actor, but it it's 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 still it's just. Writing this uh, and talking to people about about the lives of actors, one is really struck by um, you have you have people you have these people the the way one producer put it to me 
actors are people who spend their lives pretending to be someone else. So presumably they don't like who they are to start with if they want to be someone else all day long. Um, so you have you have these these very sort of famously damaged people, uh, but now there is so much pressure on them and so much riding on their shoulders it's, and and so many things that they're expected to do and and the extent to which it, in a, in a movie everybody's got a lot riding on it the director has a lot riding on it the writer has a lot riding on it the grips have a lot riding riding on it everyone wants it to be a success but it's the actor's face that's going to fail if this movie fails it's the actor that 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 people will mock and and on the set when the actor flubs their lines five times in a row it's the actor that there, there's a hundred people who standing right there who are pissed off that this idiot can't can't hit their marks right, and it's just tremendous amount of pressure on very uh, damaged people. So a fraught situation is uh, what I made of it. So what are what are some of the tips that uh, your your sources had for dealing with writers? How do you keep or for, with actors? How do you how do you keep the actors to you know from from melting down? Uh, kind of assuaging that that ego. How do you how do you make them feel like they're being taken seriously? Um, well, first of all, by uh, by by acting like you're taking them seriously, which nobody ever does. Everybody just wants them to you know give give us a big smile and and uh, and say your line and and don't uh, shoot off your mouth too much beyond that. So um, you know they are actors. They they. They know that they're not taking care, and they they also like to have an audience, and they like to be heard. It's uh, I think I think one person put it like the, the 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 you can get along fine with them. You can do it. Just remember, everything is about them, and don't ever try to make it about anything. Don't try, ever try to make a conversation about any subject other than them, or you will <laughs> encounter problems. So you can have lovely conversations about them. That's 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 been my experience. Just. Uh, as long as you keep that the topic, um, but but beyond that, um, giving you know, explaining to them what's expected, hearing hearing their ideas, taking them seriously, um, reassuring them that they are appreciated and loved, and not just treating them like they are uh, good-looking cattle to be uh, to be pushed around, which is. Which is really, um, you know, it's the the people that that run Hollywood are not known for their sort of finesse and niceness uh, currently, and 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 you often just feel like they they got into this uh, not not just so that they could meet really attractive people, but so that they could be really mean to really attractive people. That <laughs> there's a lot of grudges that they're working out on the set and dealing with actors and. Uh, that doesn't lead you to good places, shockingly. All right. Well, you you also mentioned in your uh, in your your newsletter on the writers, the field guide to writers, that it it feels sometimes like uh, the the uh, money guys have assembled the writers in Hollywood just to, to tell them that they're really not quite as smart as they think they are. Come on, we know <laughs> that, we, that... we know you guys think you're the smartest guys in the room, but that's not the case. Yeah, that is the longest standing uh, tension and feud in Hollywood, dating back to the very earliest days when um, <clears throat> when the, the studio heads and the founders of Hollywood would hire the William Faulkners and F. Scott Fitzgerald, the, the most celebrated authors, 
and say uh, and 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 put them in a room and say, okay, you're going to be the guy that writes uh, the stage direction on the, on this film, or, or give us give us give us six lines of dialogue before lunch and uh, and have them uh, having have them crank crank out words in as close to a factory setting. I think you know. I think I, I think modern uh, content farms sort of sort of. Uh, Modeled themselves after after the uh, the, the great studio screenwriting uh, productions there, and it just and so you had these people, but of course they were being paid more than you'd get paid as a writer anywhere else in the culture. So they, you know, and you were in a very glamorous industry, so they all came and took it, and then sat there resenting and stewing as as uh, as as the. Uh, studio heads demonstrated on a daily basis how insignificant they were and how little their vision mat- mattered even on the thing that they were writing. Yeah. Uh, so you, right before we, we did the show, you had mentioned that uh, a writer had actually complained <laughs> about your, your field guide. I, I, without naming, we, we won't name any names <laughs> here. We'll protect the innocent. But I, I am curious what the what the what the complaint was because I, w- I went back and I reread it, you know, and I was like, th- this all this all seems pretty pretty gentle for the most part. You know, the writers are uh, are are very sensitive people. Those of us uh, who covered <laughs> the strike out here noted that um, they were not particularly open to criticism or suggestions that. Uh, that 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 their position could ever be improved, or they they didn't they didn't take notes on 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 their place in the uh, in the industry and the way they handled things very well. Um, and um, I I got I I had been corresponding for the last uh, day or so with a writer who who was implying that uh, my my gentle ribbing of of writers and their insecurities and neuroses, which by by the way. Uh, you may notice from my writing that I am, in fact, a writer myself. Um, but uh, but that it would that it, it was suggesting that it bordered on a hate crime, and that uh, sort of using the using the uh, the language people talk about the 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 trans world um, and those battles that that this could lead to violence and this could lead to terrible things happening and uh, that that that. By by poking fun at the writers, I was going going to set off a uh, era of people coming out and attacking writers on street corners and everything. Which you know, it's stranger things have happened in Hollywood. I can, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I look. I who knows? You know, you never know what's going to set off a crazy person. I will say that uh, mm-hmm. if you're if you're looking for any one group of people to attack, the writers are probably not high. <laughs> <laughs> up on that list it's you know it, just in terms of the the absolute power or lack thereof they have but as you say we are writers we understand the sensitivity i've i've had people telling me all week that my i've been too hard on true detective night country and that i'm wrong and that my review was too harsh and i have to say to those people i'm the only one who's ever right how dare you question me on these things, I I will yeah. not take any notes on this. This is that, this is unacceptable. That is the official opinion that uh, the, the the world uh, <laughs> world needs to adopt. It's, uh, um, all right. I, well, I, speak, I, speak. I, I saw I saw that coming in episode one, by the way. So uh, okay, okay. <laughs> did you wait, did you? Uh, well, now we're, we're not gonna we're not doing any more on night, night country on the show. I don't. <laughs> I've gotten enough. I've gotten enough. Uh, so the uh, the. Um, the 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 reporters how how do you how do you deal with reporters what is what is your uh what is your advice for folks who have 
who have to to interact with the ink-stained wretches on a regular basis. Well, uh, so re- reporters are writers times times ten with 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 sort of uh, ten times the attitude of of of, of screenwriters and ten times less powerful. Um, so, so so with a a chip on their shoulder about it. Um, in in Hollywood, um, it's it's this phenomenon of, of uh, the reporters stand just on the the outside of the most glamorous exciting place in the world to be but of course they have no part in that uh and are not included so it's the, the kind of desperate just to the, pe- people ask me sometimes uh they 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 want they'll note some especially fawning coverage of the industry and say is this person being paid off and i say you don't you don't need to pay these people off it's just like if a studio executive remembers their name like that is pretty much all the bribery that's that that's needed, and and just uh, acknowledge giving giving them an acknowledgement that not an acknowledgement a a sense that that their words have some importance and reverberate in the world is is pretty much what they want, and uh, give them give them that, and uh, and and the doors will fly open. It's funny. I was reading uh, Ed Zwick's new biography, his memoir, uh, Hits, Flops, and Other Illusions. I wrote about it for for my newsletter, uh, and it's it's really entertaining and it's fun. But I, the the moment I realized that he had basically given up on ever making big movies again for mass audiences was he just comes out and says critics don't matter; they don't matter anymore. And you don't say that if you're ever expecting to have to really face them again, because they will remember that. I did. I can assure you. We have we have long <laughs> memories. It's it it happens. Although, um, if I mean the, the 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 one place where the critics still matter is the awards uh, sector. There, uh, it, it still makes a difference. But we saw uh, this this very weekend. Uh, he could have he could have directed Marley Bob Marley One Love, and which the critics uh, dismantled, and the audience uh, shrugged it off. So I I. I I, I I think he's uh, I, I I think the critics are very powerful in one little sector still, uh, but they they pretty much made themselves selves, no offense, uh, uh, present company excluded, of course, uh, irrelevant to the success of a film everywhere outside of adult adult dramas, adult prestige dramas are like the one the the last stand of critics there. No, that's I mean, that I think that's basically true. I think that is I, I don't think many critics would dispute that uh, the critics are not terribly important anymore. But I, I was actually curious. I want to I want to talk about this just a little bit because you had mentioned it in one of your recent newsletters. The 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 place of critics in particularly in the world of festivals and that sort of thing. Um, What what is so it, what is the role of the the critic, the film critic, the film journalist in the world of uh, of getting stuff made, getting people excited for stuff, getting uh, movies out there and seen that otherwise might not have been? Well, it's 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 like this last readout is exactly out the festival. The 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 the, 
that road that goes from festivals to the Academy Awards is sort of the, the last piece of territory that critics control and that, that, that have an importance. And it's, uh, it's tremendously important. It's uh, coming out of festivals if a movie is panned and, you know, when, when a movie shows at Sundance, you have the people will search immediately and you have the trades will put up reviews, but there's also, you know, 150 blogs that you never heard of will have a, have a critic there that, that is posting reviews and everything. And if, if the film is unanimously panned, that, that, that makes it very hard for acquisition because the entire, with, with, within this prestige sector, if you don't have that, 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 80 plus Rotten Tomatoes score. It's really hard to sell these films. It's really hard to sell these films in any circumstances. But your whole uh, proposition is: this is something you have to see, you smart, educated person. Um, so if you have the critics saying, "Ah, don't bother," you're, it, it's pretty much taking taking that uh, that film out of contention there. And yep. all right, so that I I I I I take that I take that the 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 importance of the critical acclaim to getting stuff sold and bought and that sort of thing. But one thing you one thing specifically you had talked about is getting people excited, right? Like, so what what does when you when you are reading reviews, are they getting you excited for the world of film more broadly, world of, uh, or are they is it is it just all kind of stultifying and the same and and boring. And I, I'm, I'm just curious what you think has shifted over the last 10, 20 years. I mean, the, to, the to... thing, I, the thing I said in my column, um, is that you, you know, when I, when I was coming up as a young writer, um, if I had an opinion, the, the, the movie critics of the newspaper or magazine were the journalists who had been on that beat a very long time and had studied it. And they were authorized to give their opinions about movies. And, if you were anyone other than them, this is pre-internet, and you had an opinion about movies, <clears throat> you could tell your friends. If you were really ambitious, you could raise, get $500 to publish a zine and hand it out. Other than that, there was no venue for you to let the world know what you thought about this movie. Um, write a letter to the editor, maybe, was, was the best you could hope for. Um, now, everyone can be a film critic. Everyone with a letterbox account uh is a is a is a film critic but never has you so you would think a, a a thousand flowers would bloom and we'd have all sorts of arguments and debates and people would be <clears> then <throat> there'd be so much more diversity of opinion but what what we found is this sort of hardening of the the kind of official position and it's like never have you had more people holding forth about movies and Never have fewer opinions been expressed. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that that is true. I mean, I, I do. God, there, there is just a, a real, consolidation of thought and thinking and opinion that is, um, unfortunate. I think. I think it's, it's not. There's, there's not a tolerance of eccentric opinions anymore. There used to be. People would, you know, the 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 great critics would would go out on a limb about about something that they they would like something that everyone hated, and that, or or they would or they would hate something that everyone liked, and 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 that was a regular thing. And there were people that came came at uh, came at it from all sorts of eccentric point of views. 
But now, if you're going to go out there and say that you hate uh, Oppenheimer, like you're, you know, you you you're going to have your journalist, your uh, critical credentials uh, confiscated by, by by the end of the week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Anytime uh, you know the subject of Richard Brody or Armand White comes up, there's a lot of people who just instantly, oh, well, those guys are just contrarians. You know, they're just they're just looking for attention. And that I, I think that's that is a that is an unfair shorthand for them, but also just damaging for the world of film criticism in general. If you dismiss anybody who dissents from a 90 percent fresh uh, movie as, oh, that guy's just a contrarian, then what's the, what's the point of film criticism? Like, what is it? What is the actual point? Yeah, this idea that we're supposed to settle into our not consensus, but unanimity that this film is good or. This this film is terrible, and that that really that it's a thumbs up or thumbs down vote that it's what matters instead of the arguments that you make, and that that's that's kind of what we've lost. Also, you used to have these these feuds between Pauline Kael and Andrew Saris, and people still uh, take sides on either faction of that feud or not. And you'd have you'd have the you'd have critics fighting with filmmakers and back and forth, and it was. It, Criticism, film criticism was exciting. It was the film was exciting, and this was where the conversation about it uh, took place. And now it just feels more like the the critical establishment is going to hand down their official ruling, and you don't even need to read the reviews. You just need to look at the score. Like okay, ninety six percent. Yeah. No, and and that and and that's one hundred percent a Rotten Tomatoes effect, right? I mean, it, we've gone from having. You read uh, Pauline Kael or somebody uh, or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, John Simon. And you're like, well, I can agree or disagree with this, whatever. And then now it's just like, well, look at the number. Just just look at the number. You don't have to actually. Just, what's the number? I, I think it's effect of the of, of social media also just that it sort of creates this uh, this uh, mob mentality of of like. The, the the loudest voice on any side becomes the official position and squashes any anyone who dissents on 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 their side and I I think it's sort of the same effect that you see in politics uh, political discussion sort of in, in criticism like this is our side the critics and and we are not here to debate we are here to uh, we're here to rule where where this film stands and uh, and and uh, you know how dare you uh, 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 stray from the official position? Yeah, I do think. And the other aspect of social media, we'll get off this in a second. We're going on to, <laughs> but the 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 other aspect of social media is I do think the artists, the filmmakers, being on social media on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, etc., also has kind of a dampening effect on the discussion because, uh, especially, I know I know some of them like to weigh in when they are you know get a particularly bad review and 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 I, I will say that you you see you see a hesitancy to really go hammer and tongue after certain people or certain movies just because you're you you don't want to have to deal with either them or their fans or whatever coming at you after the fact. Yeah, I mean a lot of them have have fan movements that are terrifying and <clears throat> will uh you know consider the cause of this direct director uh you know, tantamount to to uh, a biblical crusade, and if you stray from it, will come on you. But on, you know, but it's also just when you're chatting with, when you get in the habit of chatting with people on on 
on uh, Twitter and they retweet you and they like you and you maybe you even have DM conversations with them. It's really hard to say that that person's work is worthless. That it's it 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 really. Yeah. I mean, the 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 social media has made has has brought critics and re- and reporters too uh, into the lives of the people they cover uh, much more than they used to be. Yeah. No, I I wrote I, a few years back. I wrote a piece about how filmmakers should get off the internet just for everybody's <laughs> sanity, but that, that's not going to happen. So we should all. Uh, all right. For- <laughs> We should all honestly. We should just nuke nuke the internet. We yes. go back to paper. Only right. communicate via paper. Uh, my 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 waves. zine. My I, I have a, a issue of a z, my zine that was been in mothballs since nineteen since uh, nineteen ninety eight that I'm ready to roll out. So we can reactivate at any time. Get the mimeograph machine going. Exactly. Uh, all right. So we're uh, Oscar season. We're we're nearing the end of voting here. Voting voting's about to to wrap up. What, yeah. Uh, no, what are a, a, another week? The precursors are coming in, and uh, it's uh, the it it it, it is it is Oppenheimer. I would say is as heavy a front runner as there has been in uh recent years but the story of oscar uh in in the last decade has been the front runner gets upset so um it no one is if you had to bet you would bet all your money that oppenheimer is going to run away with it in terms of precursors and everything but since uh i think it was since broad uh broke back mountain got upset there um you just you 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 can't count on that anymore yeah. Uh, so uh, what what do we what what are the most likely upsets or because here here's one that here's one race that I have been kind of fascinated by. I was certain Lily Gladstone had it in the bag for best actress for mm-hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon. It felt like that's where everybody was. But then Emma Stone for Poor Things, it, it just racking up all the awards. And it seems to be the favorite now. People really like uh, Poor Things. And you you, you you hear you hear that a lot. I mean, uh, there's a whole industry of writing about writing writing columns now based on overhearing one conversation in the lobby of a screening. But uh, to the extent that that buzz is real, the buzz is that that poor things uh, is, is a movie people really enjoy and they feel special about. It. And they may and Emma Stone's performance uh, strikes them as courageous and bold, and they they. People love courageous performances, uh, second only to doing celebrity impersonations, doing something <laughs> courageous, uh, like being ugly is, uh, is, is what people love. Um, so they may want to do that, or they may be feeling Oppenheimer's going to get the big thing, so we, we need to give poor things something, so, so Emma Stone is an obvious place to go with that. Yeah, uh, the the business of uh, Oscar season has always been very interesting to me because it is it is a, a big period of revenue generation for you guys, for other for other newsletters. Like, how does that how does that actually work? Do you, I mean, do you just like have an ad team out there soliciting the campaigns like and, and in, in terms of um, percentage of revenue? I mean, is it are you are you getting more from that than from subscriptions? How does that actually work? Uh, I, I don't know if I'm at liberty to reveal the exact split, but I, I, sure, sure, sure. it's, it's, com- I'll say it's comparable, uh, okay. at, at the very least, but, um, 
the uh, yeah we had we had when i when i was doing the ankle on my own it was just me sending out a uh an email i i would get you know a couple a couple times a year sort of inquiries saying hey, will you will you run our ad and i'd say sure here's i invented a rate that that sounds semi-plausible uh it's it's a great in the ad world it's a great place to be because it's the only ad campaigns where traffic doesn't matter at all. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter how, all that matters is there's, there's, what is there? 10,000 members of the Academy now? 7,000? I can't forget. Is, is how big a chunk of Something that, like that, yeah. that 10,000 do you have? And if you can plausibly say, if you, if you've got a little website that the traffic is too small to even measure, but you can plausibly make the case that a uh, hundred members of the academy, or not even a hundred members of the academy, a hundred members of the of the the sci-fi uh, guild, um, are come to my site regularly. You can have yourself uh, awards campaigns, and it's there. It's it's. I think the last estimate from a few years ago was it was two hundred million dollars was spent on four-year consideration advertising. So it's a huge thing. It's what keeps keeps afloat all the all variety Hollywood reporter all uh deadline all, all of those are are floated on that with that 200 million dollars um and we do we so we do have an ad uh uh an ad an ad seller now who goes out and uh and and tries to get it we like many other people do these special blasts of we send to our list uh for your consideration Oppenheimer or mm-hmm. uh or, or or what there may be uh, to to give people a look at it. They others host screenings. We we've done a done done some screenings, and it's just everything to put uh, the message of this of this campaign in front of as many of those ten thousand people as you can. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. I I I've come around on this slightly. I used to I used to think this was like a real conflict of interest, and you know I I I think you can make that case a little better with some of the Penske ones who were also running you know the Golden Globes, and but I also think it's just it it really it it it's it's you're just putting it out there. It's just like here's here's the here's who's running. Here's you know here's the great thing about advertising is that it's transparent. Is that people right. pe- people know, and if we're taking a ton of ads from one from from one piece of it, uh, if we're taking a ton of ads from Poor Things, and suddenly I start writing lots of columns about what a great movie Poor Things is, uh, people are free to draw their own conclusions uh, based right. based on that. But it's transparent, and and um, you know, for us, and I think most of the people that do it, they they want to have as many of the contenders as possible on their site because you make more money off right. it of course but also it means uh who are you biased towards every, every can every candidate there so i'd say there's an institutional bias towards the entire oscar industrial com- complex that comes out of this which is a huge behemoth and monster that uh, you can argue is taking all the fun out of uh entertainment uh, is a, a plausible case to make, but it's hard to, and you you can say that people are are in general become nicer towards contenders overall than they would otherwise be. You know, I'm not a critic, so I don't I don't really write like 
right about what movie I like or what performance I I like. So it's uh, uh, it's over. But but people can see who we take our money the the money from, and they are if if they see our editorial going one way or another, they're they're free to draw conclusions about that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of behemoths, financial behemoths, it looks like we are nearing the end of one of them in the realm of the comic book movie. Uh, Madame mm. Web, uh, huge bomb uh, that comes on the heels of several other recent huge bombs. Uh, on the one hand, yay! Everybody <laughs> is tired of those. But on the other, like, what is coming next? I, I, I don't know what's going to replace it. Yeah, I, I, I frankly don't understand why people aren't panicking more. People were sort of freaking out. This is this is the fifth one in a row or something of, of that that has underperformed, um, and everyone is a special circumstance. You know, it was the this movie fell off track, and Kevin Feige didn't have enough time to supervise this and everything. But at some point, you've got to look at you have more superhero movies bombing than you do succeeding, which is certainly the case in the last year. Um, that. That's that ha- you have to that has to tell you something, and Hollywood has to a irresponsible. Uh, do, I mean, it's it's not too much to say every studio except Universal is completely mortgaged on their on to their their superhero brand, and if their if their superhero brand uh, whatever it is and Paramount is uh, also, uh, and if their superhero brand just failed if they had a systemic failure and people and and the the world just said no we're not seeing that anymore that's a massive hole in 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 there and it's not clear what uh replaces it yet it's usually those things sort of sort of die when a new thing is coming out it's uh in the 70s as the as the western wane you had disaster films uh uh became the new thing that were sweeping the world but there's nothing uh, really to replace it, except, uh, I don't know, musical biopics, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need more. Well, well, we've got four Beatles movies coming. So exactly. it's the all, the, it's the all... extended Beatleverse is, uh, <laughs> of Sam Mendes is, is, is coming our way. Like, you think Very of all exciting. the Ringo spinoff characters that will, that will occur in that movie. Uh, it's, it's huge. Uh, yeah, no, it's, I mean, look, I, 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 have said a couple different places that I think Dune is going to surprise people with just how much money it makes because there's been nothing, there's been no other big exciting movie uh, coming out recently or on the horizon. So that that's going to be kind of a surprise. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I don't know. I mean, you feel it with the, with the dearth of it. It was that, that the Bob Marley film, which was not a love story in the, in the least uh, managed to sell itself as a Valentine's movie just because it had love in the title. Um, but, uh, because, because Hollywood just abandoned programming for Valentine's day. Um, uh, and, 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 and so, so they take, um, I, so I, I, yeah, Dune could really come along, but you've got coming down, you've got a really lean schedule for the rest of the year. Um, and then you're looking, you know, looking beyond that Paramount is, up for sale, looking more like it's up for a fire sale. Um, so you have the real specter of we might have four four studios releasing theatrical films soon and releasing a lot fewer. Where you know uh, 
five year five five or so years ago you had you had uh seven studios each releasing 20 plus movies a year we may be having four studios that each release a dozen movies a year uh that's a, that's a giant fall off and i believe in film and i believe that the vacuum people will step into the vacuum and fill that up but that doesn't happen on a dime yeah yeah i uh i the uh, let me let me ask let me ask it this way. Um, have you heard? Uh, speaking of movies that have uh, did not did not get released theatrically and, and may not. Have you heard any more on the Warner Brothers Coyote versus Acme Batgirl situation? I mean, I feel like the the backlash there has been so intense that they are kind of stymied. Like they really they clearly really want to just kill this thing, yeah. but also are like kind of afraid to do it. Yeah, I, I I don't have information specifically on 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 Coyote versus Acme, but uh, I I think that's been in the in the Zaslav era sort of the pattern that they go as far as they can into cost cutting and savings land as they possibly do, and backtrack a bit when they get um, when they get pushback, and and I think you're right that they're just sort of. They're they're just sort of hanging out there in the middle, uh, uh, waiting to see uh, waiting to see what they can uh, get away with. Eventually, people will stop paying attention. That's that's the number one lesson of politics, uh, and I assume will trans transfer over to Hollywood as well. If you've got some bad message, some 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 things you've got to do that will put out bad messaging um, this year. Um, you've got a, you've got a four month block coming this fall where, uh, outside of politics, nobody's going to hear a word you say. So it's a, a great, uh, a great season to bury any, any stories that you want, uh, coming up. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, all right. That was, uh, that was pretty much everything I wanted to ask you and talk about. Uh, what, what do you think, uh, folks should know? What should I have asked, uh, that, that folks do not know about what is currently happening in Hollywood? Hmm. The uh, I, I usually prepare for this one. Uh, the the uh, you know we we are lurching to the end of 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 the awards uh, period, and I, I I think it it's it's a real question whether uh, the the this whole this whole awards juggernaut can survive, and whether whether the 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 Golden Globes went up from a very low place, so they went to they got they got all the way up from their their least watched show ever to their third least watched show ever, um, and it, you know I I I think there's there's some sentiment with with in in this era of cost cutting that many would like to just do away with this whole uh, with 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 all this nonsense and certainly scale it back to that's. You know, I mentioned the two hundred million that is being spent mm-hmm. on the FYC. That's two hundred million dollars you could save right there. Um, so we'll we'll see whether uh, the Barbenheimer saves the saves the awards uh, circuit. Which you know, as much as it is a beast and a juggernaut and uh, and completely tiresome and full of itself and pompous and everything else, it is also how adult movies basically are marketed the, the, uh, this way. And if there's no awards sector, um, a, a lot of these movies are not going to, 
or there there there's not a case to for releasing a lot of these movies. So uh that yeah. is that is a little scary. Yeah. Yeah, I I I'm very curious to see what next award season looks like cuz I do not see another Barbie Oppenheimer duopoly coming uh this year. Just looking no. at the uh, <laughs> release schedule. Uh, the, the, I, I wonder if they're going to time their sequels, uh, Oppenheimer 2 and Barbie 2, uh, to come out on the same weekend again. That, uh, gotta inter- get, gotta get that, uh, Colonel Pash biopic in the, uh, in the whole thing. That's, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's where... All right. Uh, thank you so much for being back on the show, uh, Richard. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for letting me come back. Uh, great to be here. Uh, I, once again, my name is Sonny Bunch. I'm culture editor at The Bulwark, and we'll be back next week with another episode of The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. We'll see you guys then. Mm-hmm.